whether or not you've got eggs. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to another episode of COP. This one is going to be about American Psycho, a movie Matt and I talk about all the time, and it's high time that we review it. Uh, before that, have you seen any good movies lately? Yeah, I saw American Psycho. Other than that one. Yeah, before we start the show, I want to shout out the Canadian film industry for giving us good movies. Uh... We recently saw that American Psycho is, you know, sort of a Canadian film. So shout out to the Canadian film industry. Yeah, what makes a movie like an American or Canadian movie? Is it where the studio is? Yeah. No, it's where the director is. Yeah, because that's what it's all. Yeah, I I like that <laughs> idea. So just remember to support Canadian films, guys. Thank you, Mary Heron. Thank you, Mary Heron, for American Psycho. Um, Mary Heron, one of the great Canadians of all time. She directed a total of four movies, and uh, she was born January 12th, 1953. Wow, that was quite a while ago. (laughs) Yeah, she's old. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She's getting there, you know? Yeah, you know. Box ticking. You see any good movies lately? Me? Yeah. Let's see. Last night, uh, well, I rewatched Fifth Element. Uh, Not that good. No. I was thinking about that movie today and how it's not that good. Not that good. Uh, it's kind of funny sometimes. Chris Tucker's there. What? Chris Tucker's there. Where's Chris Tucker? He's this fucking... He's, you know... He's the announcer guy. The TV guy. And he's like, comment, 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 comment. Really? Yeah, you, you, come on. I don't know if I realized that when we watched it. He definitely did. Can Cuck the Tuck Carlson is in it? No, 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 no. Chris Tucker. Oh, I, my bad. <laughs> Chris Tucker of Friday fame. <laughs> well, I said Tucker Carlson. Tucker, Tucker Carlson was probably like... <laughs> well, I guess he could be. He's probably like 20 at that time. But no, I don't think he acts. Oh, he does. <laughs> acts like an idiot. I... Yeah, that's just a joke. <laughs> Uh, sorry. So you saw, you rewatched that one? Kind of a stinker? Yeah, not that good. Uh, saw Excalibur. That one was pretty good. Just the King Arthur epics, kind of cheesy, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just really want to settle down for one of those two and a half hour plus movies where you're really invested and the payoff in it's good. I'd recommend it. Is it like a stage play? No. It's like better than a stage play. Not not in, like, quality, but in pacing. No, no, no. I mean, no. It's, like, pretty movie standard. It's just okay. kind of long. It, but it goes through the whole life of King Arthur mm. from beginning to end. I kind of imagined it like that in Cleopatra, like, stage plays. Yeah. Where there's just lots of talking. Yeah, there. well, there's lots of talking, but, like, there's a lot of action. People get their arms cut off. Mm. People get blown up. You get a f- there's magic. And sorcery. There's lots of good stuff. I wonder if the, like, all those biblical... Well, that one's not biblical, but kind of old, old very, uh, like, medieval-style movies. If uh, if those were just kind of the norm at the time. Uh, like, in the 80s? Yeah. I think... Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I know they made a lot of those, like, in the 50s and 60s. The sword and sandal pictures. Mm. 
Because, you know, how people complain about the Marvel movie thing, but that's not even, like... That's that's nothing new. There's been huge fads like that forever. You know, the problem is, at least, like... But the Marvel movie thing is, like... It's just Marvel who's doing this. You know, at least... It's just a monopoly. Yeah, at least when it's westerns are big, it's, like, some other people are making westerns. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can say that for superhero movies, but come on. Like, let's, let's be honest about... Let's be frank about the quality of these things here, okay? There's not that many good ones. The bubble's gonna pop one day. I just want to know, like, what's gonna be the movie to pop it. Why don't we just keep it going? Let's go see the new Spider-Man. Oh, let's go see Shang-Chi. I haven't seen him yet. Let's go see Eternals next month. You That's saw Shang-Chi. Th- yeah, let's go... Well, you didn't see it, so I'll go see it again. Oh, I'm good. Well, there's three Marvel movies that you can see in the next few months. That's crazy. Are they doing, like, one every month? No. Like, but, average don't? No, but they put out a lot of movies. Do you think it's one every two months? No, it's, this probably just all came out at the end of the year because it was COVID beforehand. They were waiting for theaters. Okay, let's look this up. I'm... I need to look this up before we start the show here. Um... Much. Every Marvel movie set for 2021 and beyond. There has to be a Wikipedia page for this. List of okay. Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Let's let's go over all the release dates because they're kind of interesting. So Iron Man came out May 2nd, 2008. So, you know, it was like a spring 2008 deal, you know. I think we were in a recession at that time. Um, and, okay, well... <laughs> The Incredible Hulk uh, was June 13th there. It's still pretty tight in terms of release date, so it's about the same. Okay, so it's not, It's like uh, one every three or four months. Yeah. That's just how I like them. I like a steady feed of Marvel movies for me to watch and uh, eat popped corn with. Some popped type. corn? Popped corn. <laughs> I get a sodi pop. Maybe a candy. It's a good time. One for the whole family, and in these trying times, what more can you ask for? Good movies. You seen any? I see. I, I told you a couple. Let me see if I saw any other movies this week. Uh, I saw Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, that movie, oh. That movie's not that good. No? No, and there's also, like, <laughs> rape in it. Uh, you know how 80s comedies are. You know, it's not, like, so cash. It's not a big deal, but it's like, whoa. <laughs> And then apparently it has that in the sequel, too. Because uh, nerds just... You, you know how sexually frustrated they are. Ah. Uh, and is it played <laughs> off, like, cute in the movie? Yeah, you know, it's just... It's all laughs uh, all around, and everyone has a good time. At the end of the day, you know, it's just good vibes only. Yeah, I, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I, I see. Well, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, it's kind of mid, anyway. It's just, like, a black joke, haha, gay joke, haha. Yeah. You couldn't make this movie today. You could not. You could not make this movie bro. today. They wouldn't let you. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> SJWs would not let you do that today. They would destroy the theater. They would blow up your family. The liberal mafia would censor you if you were to try that. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, I saw Scream 2. I saw The Leprechaun. Is that good? <laughs> it, was, it has. Do you know that it stars Jennifer Aniston? No. How old is she? Uh, I don't know. Is she like a kid? No. Oh, I didn't know. 
Like, like, and she's the star of the movie. Is she good? Uh, no. Is she not good? She can't act. She can't? No. Um, have you seen, um, We're the Millers? Remember We're the Millers? Yeah, she was just kind of, like, pissed off the whole movie and just... you seen Friends? Very little. Um, you seen uh, Just Go With It with Adam Sandler? Yes. So she's pretty good in all those things. Have you seen her in Avino commercials? Yes, I do sometimes. No. But she looks pretty good at those. Yeah, she looks pretty good. She can act pretty good. Oh. And Warwick Davis is in it, and he's great. As a leprechaun? Mm-hmm. Nice. He's wicked. Wicked? Yeah. In uh, the Ewok? Yeah. And... Oh, God. Okay, I saw Friday the 13th Part 3, and that movie is really is bad. Do not watch it. Well, you know, I'm not really excited to watch any of the other pictures after watching the first one, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be like watching a Halloween sequel. Yeah, but, like, Halloween was really good, so maybe the sequel will have a little bit of that, but... I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. Also, like, come on. Come on, guys. We can do better than Friday the 13th. It's so basic. It's so <laughs> simple. Is it, my favorite part about it is how they just hand totally hand-wave away the fact that Jason is still alive. And, like, what is this? A supernatural? They're just like a... In the second movie... It ends with him getting just stabbed in the, like, right here. I don't know. Like, in the base of the neck. And then at the start of this movie, he just lays back up. And that's how it starts. He's a dead-eye, bro. Yeah, he's a dead-eye. Uh, I didn't know you could just become a dead-eye by drowning. Maybe he, like, fell into uh, I don't know how it works. Well. It's, ha- it's hastily put together <laughs> more, I think. You know? But, uh, yeah, I won't. You know what? Here's what I'll do. Okay? I'm going to watch the remake of Friday the 13th that came out in 2009. Because that's going to have visceral thrills. It didn't come out in 2013? Maybe it was 2013. I th- uh, look it up. Mm, okay. Oops. Oh, 2009. Was there 2013 one or did I make that up? I'm waiting yeah. for the movie... Where I can see Jason just go, nightmare, 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 and these campers. Like, what is this? His mom? <laughs> oh, boy. That really soured the movie for me. Not really that cool. But that's not its fault. That's time's no, fault. fault. Because it's not even that interesting. Oh, it's his mom who just shows up at the end. Okay. If we didn't have it spoiled for us on Scream, I think you would like the twist. I wouldn't. It's not a twist! <laughs> That's like having a murder mystery, and then somebody comes at the end, and they're like, "Oh, I'm here." And yeah, then it's like, the, you're yeah. the killer, and it's like, "Oh, yeah." That that was my point when we reviewed it was that there's no mystery, and then yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, for I me, guess it's a good twist for us now because we think it's gonna be Jason. <laughs> yeah, but then I know that it's not Jason because I saw Scream, and it was seen Scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I'm more of a Freddy than a Jason guy. Sorry. I'm team team Freddy. Apparently, Dream Warriors is really good. That's the third one. But the second one apparently is bad, so I have to crush the second one so I can get to the third one. At least that one, yeah. At least Freddy's cool. Freddy's cool. And he's personality. Welcome to your nightmare, bitch. (laughs) 
He's cool. Jason just walks around. He and just, just lumbers around and like he just stands. Whoa, he's so big, and then he kills somebody. Whoa. <laughs> like, what is this movie, bro? Well, what's Halloween? Halloween is way better because Michael Myers <laughs> is way cooler. That's just it, Michael. But like, that's all the that movie is just walk around, kill people. It's it's made way better. Come on. Halloween yeah, it's way yeah, it's made way better. It's not it's like yeah. I don't. Uh, that's it. That's it's done with Friday the Thirteenth. I'm not reviewing anymore on the show. That's well, it. you don't well, want to say I, that. I did decide. Just cool it. Well, I said what I said, and you know, if you want somebody else on, you can. <laughs> no more reviewing Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Okay, we're gonna watch Halloween after this, so I have predictions that I want to make. Okay. Number one. There's gonna be, and I haven't, I swear to God, I haven't seen any spoilers. I know it's been out for a while, but I, I don't know anything about this movie. Seriously, nothing. Okay, I'm gonna assume that Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna be in this movie. She is in this movie. And that she is going to, at one point, explain the totality of the first movie. There's gonna be a scene where, like, a character's like, you never, like, told us about that night. And she's gonna be like, well, and she's gonna explain the whole movie. Imagine it feels like Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, and it was just mostly the first movie <laughs> with, like, flash forward to old Lori. And... That'd be sweet. That would be cool. Yeah. Just watching the first movie again. Yeah, it's like the 2018 cut of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome. And then there's gonna be, it's gonna be revealed that she has, like, She's known that he's coming, and she's, like, been training or something. And then they're going to make us believe that the 70-year-old woman is going to fight Michael Myers. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the 16-year-old girl fought Michael Myers. Barely. Well, she'll probably... You think that at the end of this movie, she's going to tidally defeat Michael? No, you know there's no, a sequel, yes, right? Yes, So what's going to happen... It's going to end in the same style as the first movie. Where they're like... Michael, we we killed him, and then it's like the end question yes, mark. Yes, it's gonna be exactly like he's just gonna get up. Like it's gonna fade to black. They're gonna make it seem like they killed him, and then there's gonna be a fake out at the end. He can keep getting away with it, like he, Batman v Superman. Period. Also, there's a third movie coming out. They announced what? So that and it's gonna be a trilogy. So there's Halloween Kills, and then another one. Well, it's not a trilogy. There's the, the original movie. No, it's... Well, it's the new trilogy. Okay. Well, maybe they should just cool it. Well, just one more movie. Just one more movie. Come on. Please, please, please. Just one more movie. What's going to happen when Jamie Lee Curtis dies? They're going to CGI... No, they're just, they're just going to say, Jamie, hold on for a, a few more years. <laughs> that's it. That's all I need you for. That's it. Then we can put Halloween to rest for a little bit. Eat your activia. Eat your activia. You know, do your Pilates. What do you got to do? Uh, and then, did I have any other ones? Oh, it's going to be extremely gory to make up for the zero gore in the original Halloween. Yeah, he's going to be, like, eating a guy's guts or something. Yeah. That would be hella epic. He's going to disembowel someone. And uh, the soundtrack is going to be really good. I bet the soundtrack won't be good. I think John Carpenter does a soundtrack. For the new one? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. You don't you like the soundtracks in all of his movies that we've talked about? Check if he does it. Okay. Because I'd be very surprised if he did. It's probably not gonna be anybody cool. It's gonna be Animal Collective. That would be epic. <laughs> um 
John Carpenter wrote or oh okay never mind. Um, Based on characters created by. John would Pan- it be here the soundtrack? Uh, maybe do Wikipedia. Okay. Oh shit. Um, is composed by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, scroll up a bit. <laughs> okay. I keep going, like, just at the top. Uh, and it says, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I still don't have faith in it. I think the soundtrack's gonna be good. Because I don't, th- I don't think he'd be very involved in this. I, he, but he really likes. I, I looked it up. He does concerts and stuff. He likes music. Look, this is John Carpenter, forty-three years <laughs> later. Okay, understand. I think it's gonna be good. I'm saying right now, my I'm going all in, all chips in. It's gonna be a good soundtrack. Like you know, the Stones were good forty-three <laughs> years ago, but now. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm I'm saying it. I'm calling it. Okay. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We will. It'll be kick-ass music. All right. Well, let's talk about the movie. Halloween? Yeah. Um, so, Halloween is a 2018 American slasher film. To, oh. oh, shit. No, let's talk about the real movie. Okay. What's Take the real away. movie? American Psycho. You tell me. You tell me. What's American Psycho? Uh, it's about a plucky little fella named Pat, Patty Bateman. Mm-hmm. Him and his buddies, you know, they have dinner, they shoot the shit, and... You know, it's sort of his, um... It's kind of like a coming-of-age story. Um, where he has to navigate the big city on his own, and, mm-hmm. you know, he makes mistakes, and he hurts people. We all do when we're young, and... That's basically the gist of the movie. Uh, it was pretty good. It's really good. Stars, um... Christian Bale, and he's so, so, so good in this movie. Maybe, like, his best performance that I've seen. Better than Batman? Yes. What? Yeah, he's really good in this movie. This movie's shot extraordinarily well. I think the writing is great. All the acting is great. The soundtrack is also really good, which I never really picked up on before. Like, the music is totally in the background in this movie yeah. it rarely ever comes into the foreground like the walking on sunshine bit or whatever but um yeah soundtrack's killer all the songs in it are really good they fit the theme and the the world that they're building uh yeah really good really 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 good movie yeah i'd give it uh you ready for bags <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet okay okay let's talk about let's just start with uh patrick patrick's a funny guy yeah the thing with this movie is that the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, this movie's kind of heavy. And then after, it gets less heavy after you watch it. Yes. Because you realize that Patrick um, is kind of a goof. Yeah. Honestly. Like, his attempts to be, uh, you know, normal, mm-hmm. or to fit in, or to be sociable, um, like, at worst, they're amusing, and at best, they're just like... They're just hilarious. Like the Ed Gein scene? The Ed Gein scene. Like, whenever anybody... The Paul Allen card scene, <laughs> like, when he's, like, sweating with rage that his, the card is better. Like, he's so... 
he's just such a great character, not because he's like an epic guy, like I want to be like a Joker, <laughs> but because he's just like a, a totally insane, crazy, kind of pathetic guy. Oh, yeah. Just like all of his little monologues that he does, like he's hanging out with people and then he starts talking about music unsolicited, just like, talking at them. Yeah, like... Huey Lewis in the news. Those bits are hilarious. Or he just does little music reviews to people and they don't, nobody cares. And that's the thing, like, it's just, the whole movie, like, there isn't a whole lot of plot in this movie. No, it's just, it's just this guy navigating the big city over the course of a few months or so, I guess. That was another thing that I noticed is that in this viewing, not a whole lot of plot. Yeah. You get a few points here and there, but it's all just scenes of him either, like you said, just trying to uh, trying to be normal or just him full-on going Joker mode. <laughs> yeah. And it's just... And you kind of see his view on life and uh, class um, in a very surreal way because this movie... Um, I don't know. What does he even have? Anti per anti uh, social personality disorder. He has maybe just, schizophrenia. Just diagnose clinical Joker brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's got. I don't know what else to say. And you, I don't. I, I really hope that. Well, I, I really hope there aren't people like this. Even though I know that there are like people that. like this. They aren't. Su- they aren't that successful though. Y- yeah. Well, they, do you think Jeffrey Bezos is like this? No, he's just on the spectrum. Oh. Yeah, you're right. All those guys are just awkward. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's a different time. See, in the '80s, you had you had Chads like Christian <laughs> Bale doing amoral acts and and riding the top of the wave, you know. And now you get Bezos and Zuckerberg. <laughs> like, jeez, who invited them to the cool kids table? I don't know. Um. And, like, you can't, uh, you can't tell if what you're seeing is real or not. You That's can- all real. You think it's all real? <laughs> no, no. Um, and there is an argument for that, I think, of it all being real. Well, like, it can't all be real because then you see stuff. Like, you could, I can, I, it will get to it. I can think okay. of, I can think of some, some copes for it. But, um... Yeah, like he'll say stuff and you don't know if that was actually said or what. And but there's a a scene for me where I was like, okay, that has to be in his head because the editing in this movie is also really really good and how they edit shots and um how they how they get a close up on someone's face, it really tells like you're just seeing the world through his eyes. You're not seeing you're not a fly on the wall in this movie. You're like a fly in his head basically yeah. uh there's one scene where he's at the dry cleaners and he's arguing with them uh, because he has maybe their cran apple stained cran apple juice <laughs> I, i've done that a couple other times like come on it happens <laughs> he spills cran apple on his uh i don't know his, his bedding um cran apple or blood and he's yelling at the the woman working there and then he leans in and he's like if you don't shut up i'm gonna fucking kill you and then it immediately cuts to them fighting again. Like, there's no build-up again from that same man. He's like, I'm going to kill it. And she goes, <gasps> and then it snaps to them still fighting. And I'm like, okay, that has to be in his head. Like, it's like him just thinking, like, I think that whole scene is just, what if I did this? That would be her reaction. And he's just thinking that while he's fighting with her. 
Yeah, maybe, yeah. The nice thing about this movie is that there's just ambiguity in a lot of spots, and that makes it fun. Not just because, like, it kind of blends well with the comedy, it kind of gives the film in a reverent tone where it's like kind of like just enjoy the ride this is kind of a fun movie as strange as it is yeah it's a dark comedy being a dark comedy about a serial killer but it's it's i think it's very very funny um the comedic timing in it is especially good mm -hmm. i don't know just there isn't like a single like genuine like normal told joke in this like it's all dry stuff <laughs> Usually revolving around Patrick and his awkwardness or just his strangeness. Mm -hmm. um, there's just, like, such great imagery from this movie, like Patrick uh, sweating from looking at the card. Mm -hmm. Or the class... I love every time um, Lewis comes on to him and he washes his gloved hands <laughs> and he, he, the face he makes looks like he's going to cry. Dale actually carries this movie. Not like the movie, the movie all around is great, but his performance is so good. Yeah. Gary Oldman should have got the Academy nom for Dracula. He should have gotten a nom for this. Yeah. Because it was really good, but I guess uh, that's why we're reviewing it on the cult show because it wasn't like that successful. Yeah, but it should have been like it's, the performance is amazing. He's all over the place, and it's never bad. I don't yeah. think there's ever a time where I was like, oh, that line wasn't good. It's always good. It's always on point. And look how Christian Bale dummies Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves because he's British and his accent in this is impeccable. I always forget that. And then you look at those guys and you're like, wow. <laughs> Do you just watch Peppa Pig? To <laughs> like, what the fuck? I totally forgot that he was British. Yeah, his accent is, is amazing. Yeah, he just, he doesn't break it, he's good, he's a pretty convincing American. Maybe it's a way, I feel like he juts out his chin or something when he speaks in a, when he's talking, like he has a kind of a, like a weird sound he makes sometimes, so, could be a result of that, so maybe that yeah. helps, you know, like, he kind of like, does that or something, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's so, so, so good, so good. I like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre cameo in this film. It's cute. Uh, I like to think Patrick loves that movie. That's his favorite movie. <laughs> After Inside Lady is Ass. Um, what else is good about this one? We have some notes here. The sets are nice. The sets are nice. The class commentary it's in it is pretty good. Um, there's a lot of ways to interpret how Patrick's peers see him and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but you'll notice in the movie that he just treats everybody of a lower class than him like total dirt. I mean, not that he treats his friends particularly well, but he'll just see a homeless guy and stab him. I think that was real. You think that was real? Yeah. What? Uh, my theory is that basically anything inconsequential is real. Like anything that people wouldn't notice? Yeah. Oh, so you think Patrick is really good at his job? Yeah. I see. So he didn't blow up those cop cars at the end in no. the epic scene? An ATM didn't ask him to feed a cat. And... Well, maybe it could have malfunctioned like a hacker got it. And, you know, just coincidence there was a cat there. But I think that one... I mean, I have no reason to believe it wasn't. Well, yeah, because... Well, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that could have happened. It's like, well, it could have also not happened. Yeah, because it didn't affect anything. He just killed this guy quietly and his dog, and then he left. Yeah. And, like, the the thing on class, like, how nobody suspects anything's wrong with him because he's successful and he has a lot of money. No one's ever like, man, this guy's a fucking creep. Like, even when he's 
even if they don't know that he's killing people, just like talking about Ed Gein in a <laughs> social setting and you're talking about beheading women. Like, if, uh, okay. The best scene of that is like the breakup scene when he's drawing a woman uh, with a chainsaw on her side bleeding out on the <laughs> tablecloth. And then he says, my need to engage in homicidal <laughs> behavior on a massive scale can't be corrected. And his and his girlfriend's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm fucking serious. And nobody takes it seriously. It's funny. I don't know. It's supposed to, maybe it's supposed to be like the oblivious of uh, obliviousness of yuppies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't around in the 80s. I don't know what the yuppie uh, hysteria was all about. But uh, I get the sense these guys were the, uh, I don't know. They were the easy punching bags at the time. And the the commentary on yuppiedom is so funny, too. Like, there are jokes that if you blink, you'll miss it, where people will be passing other characters in the hall, and they'll just call them another name. Yeah. They're just like, hey, Marcus, how's it going? And, like, uh, Christian Bell's like, oh, yeah, hi. And... (laughs) They're so vapid, like, they're like, um, the classic line is, I'm not really hungry, but I think I'd like reservations someplace, because <laughs> all they do... Is all they think about fucking dinner? Van Patten, and he's like, hey, watch it, man. I like when Patrick spazzes out on his friends, when he's like, his friend touching him, and he's like, if you touch me again, you'll draw back a stump. <laughs> and he's like, hey, easy, little buddy. <laughs> and I like how almost all of them are wearing, like, the same suit and glasses. Like, that scene where you first see Jared Leto, who's really good in this movie, too, where you see him come up to, to Christian Bale. They're wearing the same glasses, like, same suit, same haircut. They look the same person. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, that whole... And then he even has a monologue about how uh, uh, Halberstram shops at the same place he shops, get the same haircut uh, that he gets, but his is a bit better. And... Uh, and they like the same glasses. It's just, it's so tongue-in-cheek. I, Patrick's, like, need to just be as uh, better, like, when the prostitutes are, like, uh, this, Paul Allen's place, this is much better than your other apartment. He's, like, not really. <laughs> like, he sees so hard. And he says in the movie that he only feels two emotions, greed and disgust, yeah. which I could see. Uh, I guess that's, maybe you could take that as a easy class commentary or American commentary or whatever you will. Yeah, like, even when he he ki- kills Paul Allen and goes to his apartment, we get a little monologue. All the monologues are so good, um, where he's talking about he, that he, like, recoils and disgust because his apartment is clearly more expensive and nicer than his or something. Yeah. All that stuff is so good. Yeah, I don't know. This movie, um, what's also nice about it is that if kind of works, it kind of works as, like, a intro to f- film subtext. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch this movie, at first you might see, like, like it, some, the average person might watch this and say, or, like, the first bit and go, okay, it's just, like, a serial killer movie. And then they'll see that shit's kind of weird. And then it kind of makes you think, like, why the fuck was that like that? And why were things so particular? Mm-hmm. I remember I watched that and when we were young. Actually, yeah. in this very room. Yep, on the CRT. On that very TV. Yep. And I was like, hmm. And then, and, and then, of course, the f- next thing you should do if a film makes you sick is go to YouTube. And like, <laughs> Did you do that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I watched this movie, I can promise you, I did not laugh. But now I laugh so but much now, when I watch it because it's so it's, funny. It's so fun. Like, uh, Pat, his delivery in this is impeccable. It's just so good. He's so emotive. He's so expressive. 
the he he says multiple times in the film that Patrick M- uh, Bateman is an empty person, but like he does have a personality. Oh yeah, in, a, in his own weird psychotic way. Gene comes into his office and he's like, "Yeah, you look okay." He's like, "You're prettier than that." What a scream next time! Like he's such a dick. He has no genuine altruistic motive or no. he doesn't care about anybody. And I don't know, it's just funny to watch when it's just sold so well by Bale. So well, and like it's framed really, really well. This movie's so good looking. Unlike Halloween 2018, that's not going to be a good movie. It's not going to be a good movie? Nope. Um, yeah, I just, I can't sing enough praises for this. Um, what haven't I said? Um, yeah, they have complimented just about, uh, everything. The lighting is really good. They have nice dramatic lighting sometimes. Like, you get some very dark shots of, uh, of, uh, Patrick Bateman. It looks really good. And just how he can go on and off, uh, from psychopath to good guys is really great. Um, and again, with the editing, um, like Willem Dafoe, when he comes in and he's really good in this movie, he's good in everything. Uh, when he comes in and he interrogates Patrick because he suspects that he killed Paul Allen, um, he shot it three ways. One where he thinks that um, Patrick's a killer, one where he's unsure, and one where he doesn't think that he's a or thinks, doesn't think, and is unsure. Uh, and then they splice it all together in that scene where it's like really weird when you watch it now. Yeah. It gives it, like, an uncanny feeling, and that kind of adds to the ambiguity thing with Patrick being unstable or unreliable. Yes. Is that you're, like, thinking, is he just being, like, super paranoid because he doesn't handle the pressure well under the investigation. It's, like, the only time you really see him nervous. Where he's, like, sweating bullets cutting his steak. Yeah, like, he's, like, you know, killing's the one thing that gets him through the weeks. And so if he can't do it anymore, that's going to be a real blow to him. I feel that. But that's the thing. His, it's a psychological thriller, not just in, like, the guy's crazy or anything, but just how the viewer perceives the movie is uh, unknowable. And yeah. you, because you can't tell if, like, the editing is basically his paranoia. Yeah, that's it. That's how the, the movie's edited, and it's really cool. Or or his inner monologue. Um, you want to talk about the ending? Yeah, sure. Look, the ending. I'm sure if you've seen the movie, you probably know. You know, you probably thought about it. You formulated your own thing. It's ambiguous. What's in Patrick's head? What's not? The ending has like a big flurry of events where. He kills a bunch of people, and then he calls his lawyer, and then he says, I killed Paul Allen, but he met Paul Allen. There's so many ways to interpret it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How do you care to interpret it? I always like for ambiguous endings just to think of it as ambiguous, personally. I like to think of a theory. Yeah, of a theory? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's my theory. Like okay. I basically already said, anything inconsequential is real because you can't prove otherwise. So I'm pretty sure he killed that uh, homeless guy, um, and I'm pretty sure that he killed that model that he took home from the club. Oh yeah. Because I think that um, that scene of him uh, with him and Jean, I think that's real because if that's all in his head, I I can't see why he would envision a sad date night. Did he kill Paul Allen? He did not kill Paul Allen. But then why did Paul Allen leave and then him get investigated conveniently? Like His wife was worried. But why did Paul Allen just disappear without warning? 
Uh, I think without warning, he had to go. He wanted to. I don't know. He's got some shit on the side. See, when you make his, you can say that his lawyer just said, oh, I saw Powell Island because he saw any other one of his yeah, pals and you, yeah. mistook him for Paul Allen. I feel like the Paul Allen is, it's too classic for it to be fake. I, I want to believe. I, I personally think it's, it's fake because then he drags his bloodied corpse through the street <laughs> and no one says anything. Well, Lewis says, wow, what a great overnight bag. Where'd you get that? And Patrick says, ah, Jean-Paul Gaultier. <laughs> like, uh, smoothies. This is a laugh riot of a film. I I think... But that's a weird thing is like... Okay, he envisions this... And then he envisions like... Going past Lewis... And then Lewis says some dumbass thing. Like... That's where I'm kind of like... Eh... But I, I think he... I think he didn't kill him. The whole movie is like... Kind of like surreal like that... Because all the characters are like... Such exaggerated character... Caricatures of themselves. And mm-hmm. like the movie already kind of feels like a little... Like, you know, inauthentic in that way. Yeah. I I um I don't think he killed a woman in a hallway with a chainsaw in an apartment <laughs> building. And and she was banging on the doors and nobody woke up and was like uh, While he was is, butt naked. Why is there blood all over the hallway? And he just grabbed this dead body and the chainsaw and dragged it up. Yeah, probably not. Well that one be we know because he goes back to Paul Allen's apartment. And that's the other thing. Paul Allen left, and then, like, how does that tie in with the apartment getting renovated? Got rid of the place. Um, I don't know. The one thing that's really weird in this movie, and I mentioned this to Luke, like, I think last time. When he goes to the apartment, the lady there acts really weird. Yeah, and it's like a paranoid schizophrenic moment. Where it's like a paranoid moment where it's like she knows, even though there's no way she knows that this guy who may or may not have done this thing did this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like a moment where you're really like, oh. (laughs) It's really a revelatory moment in the film. It's a really good, subtle one when he goes to the apartment and she's like, don't come back. I think you should leave now. Yeah, and then she slowly backs up while keeping her eye contact. It's like, okay, this is... It's kind of Lynchian. <laughs> kind of. Uh, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, uh, Patrick's a crazy motherfucker. I think that he was... Uh, like, Paul Ann was just involved with some crazy stuff on the side because there's a scene where uh, uh, Patrick is like, how did you get that account? I thought Rothschild was supposed to get it. And he's like, well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. And uh, then they don't. he doesn't answer the question. A little offshore banking, you know? Yeah, so I think he was tied up in some shit. His wife was worried, and she got an investigator to come do some digging. I see, I see. Yeah, okay. I can see it. And that that's my theory. And uh, is there anything else? No, those were all the big ones. And like that, because like the chainsaw scene, he has that scene and then it flashes to him drawing out her, her dead. I think he's just imagining her dead while he's drawing it and what that would be like. And yeah. that's the scene to me. The one definitive thing in the ending is you know that his secretary sees his notebook with all yeah. the depraved drawings. So you know that he's crazy. You just and you know he thinks these things, but yeah. you just don't know how much of it he acted out. And that as a prop was really good too. All of the drawings. Yeah. The Someone dr- had to draw that. Yeah. It's probably Bale, he's a Joker brain method actor. <laughs> That's a good question. We should look that up after trivia. Yeah, I bet it'll be hard to find. Yeah? Uh, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, really, really, really good movie. All right, how many bags are you going to give this movie? Ten bags. 
10 bags of popcorn? Yeah. Well, you know, it's hip to be square, so I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna give this five bags of popcorn. Cop classic. It's a certified cop classic, American Psycho. So good. And, like, he his thing is, like, he says he wants to fit in, and then this investigator comes, talks to him about Huey Lewis, which is a band that he likes. He wants to fit in, he says, and then he's like, I don't like that band. He, he's just so nervous because he sees four, and he's like, I played four. It's like, did, <laughs> did, that, did that guy even have four? I mean, like, he very well could, but, like, was that just a little delusion of Patrick's? I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. It could be. Because were that many people really listening to Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> they were big. They were definitely big. They were they were putting out top 100 songs. I watch them on TV. <laughs> I'm working almost every day. Watch <laughs> what I eat. Hey. I mean, I have Huey Lewis in the news. And I don't even care. Four. Side one, Jacob's Ladder, stuck with you, whole lot of love, and doing it all for my baby, hip to be square, I know what I like, I never walk alone, forest for the trees, naturally, simple as that. You know, they've been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitical, bitter, <laughs> cynical sense of humor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's talking. Tell them about Whitney Houston, and they're like, you own more than one Whitney Houston album? That was not cool. That was not very progressive of that lady. Like, grow up. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, good movie. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that's all I got uh, from my plate. Yeah, that's it for me, I think. Uh, more cards tomorrow. Gotta get up early. We're gonna bang out a movie. Probably, how, how long is it? Do you know? Probably two hours. Oh God! But well, we can. We don't have to watch. We're it watching it all. Well, well, we'll see. All right, that's it. Uh, next week, Suspiria, the first one and the second one. But uh, yeah, bye. If you enjoyed anything you heard today, make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and umfm.com. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.